Hello, and welcome to Book Talk, the podcast that focuses on the political aspects of historic books. I am your host, Amelia Gallo, and today we will be joined by our guest, Emma Parsons, to discuss one of the most historic books of all time. This is Book Talk, Episode 1, The Great Gatsby. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Book Talk's very first episode. Today, I am joined by our very special guest, Emma Parsons, who is a well-known fan of the historic book, The Great Gatsby. Hello there, Emma, and how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Now, let's get down to the chase. Tell me, Emma, what is it about The Great Gatsby that makes you love it so much? Well, I guess my favorite part about the book was the writing style. I love what Fitzgerald wrote in Nick's perspective and how detailed and unbiased Nick was as a narrator. I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I do personally love figurative language, as you, of course, know. I use figurative language like it's going out of style. Um, But yeah, I just really love how he truly did paint a picture in the reader's mind, making the book all the more exciting. Um, And I'm also really curious to know, who is your favorite character? So in the book, my favorite character would have to be Gatsby. Even though he's pining over Daisy the entire time, he found a way to earn his money honestly instead of having someone else work for him or just earning it from his parents. He's one of the only characters who never cheats or who is, and who is consistently, or, and he doesn't consistently change his mind. Mm-hmm. All he ever wants is Daisy and his feelings for her throughout the book never change. I mean, yeah, I would say you're correct. Personally, I really don't have a favorite character for this book. Um, I guess for me, it's just really hard to differentiate all of them for one another because there's just so much happening with all the characters all the time. Um, But I do really like your point about Gatsby, so thank you for that. Um, So now that we have gotten to know you a little more and your likes about the books, um, let's talk about the main idea for today's episode. As many of our viewers know, our podcast talks about the political, the politics, sorry, um, within these great books. Our discussion question for today is how does the socioeconomics portion of The Great Gatsby affect its privilege of being considered the novel of America? We'll start our discussion right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Dunkin Donuts of New Hampshire. When in New Hampshire, you can always find a Dunkin Donuts every two blocks. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Now, everyone knows that The Great Gatsby was ahead of its time when written, but does not match up up with much that we have today. Um, So I think it would really be beneficial to ourselves and our listeners if we talked about the socioeconomics product of The Great Gatsby. I mean, all the characters took so much advantage of their wealth and just used it for things that weren't important at all. They all basically just threw their money away and didn't care about it. Whether they earned it or were born with it, all the characters in the book were practically hypnotized and, uh, yeah, by the money, and they uh, use it to their advantage to get away with anything. And I really think it does show the advantage that um, money gives people, you know? I mean, they could pretty much just break countless crimes and really wouldn't have to worry about facing any consequences. Exactly. And we saw this as an example when Gatsby uh, got pulled over and he just straight up pulled up a cat, uh, card and he's like, oh, hey, 
Oh, and then the police officer went away. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I really think it's kind of sad in a way, you know? I mean, these people are so miserable and have all sorts of personal issues, and all they have left is money, and yet um, that thing being the only thing left, they have no problem just throwing it away. Um, and I would really say, in my opinion at least, that I don't really think this represents America, and I personally really don't think there's a book that truly tells the story of America. Um that it is now or currently was in the past. I mean, what people don't realize when they call a book the novel of America is that the topic of America itself is just so vague. And there are so many topics to cover in one book and so many different points of view to tell, but it is just so difficult for a writer to do. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. You're totally right. Um, a singular book can't cover the entirety of the American story. However, this book does its job at telling its part of the American story. It shows the lens of the 1% who are able to live with the uh, live the full American dream out. While this isn't, of course, the best group and probably the group you want to look on, it's still an important part of the story that needs to get told. I mean, while you do make um, a really good point, I just feel like an American book should really be all about people and their struggles. It was interesting to see the struggle of people who were living the American dream, who, you know, felt like they had nothing. Um, however, there was just so much going on um, in the 1920s. And I understand that to include all topics of the 1920s is, of course, a major struggle. But it would have at least been a little interesting to see the point of views from someone of the middle or lower class during the 1920s, um, you know, to really see who was happier and how people's values differed from one another based on their social class. I agree. I think that Fitzgerald should have and could have chosen a different perspective to discuss problems and show off the United States. But the goal of this book was to show the American dream, like the whole topic of the American dream. And he did a good job at showing that. He showed people with a large amount of money who were basically free to do whatever they wanted. And, um, and in the 1920s, having money and a family was this American dream. I mean, yeah, I agree. When you really think about it, Fitzgerald, in a way, was showing how the American dream was somewhat overrated. You know, people thought it was all you needed to be happy. Um, but then, you know, he showed that the people who were lucky enough to have the precious American dream were more miserable than anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, so now that we have touched upon the socioeconomics portion of the story, I think it's time we really talk about what makes it an American novel. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by PYL by Pembroke Academy. Low on community service hours and nervous about graduation coming up? Not to worry. In just two weeks of volunteering at PYL, you can earn up to 60 community service hours. That's right, 60. And get that diploma easy. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back. So let's start talking about what really makes The Great Gatsby the novel for America. So The Great Gatsby shows the American dream in the 1920s. It shows the values of Americans and what the general wish was for Americans and immigrants to the U.S. to become. The story also shows the United States history of treatment towards people that aren't white American men. When Tom, uh, An example of this is when Tom Buchanan says, the idea is if we don't look out for the white race, we will be utterly submerged. While this isn't something pretty, it's still a part of our history and something that needs to be discussed. So the story is a reflection of what the United States uh, was when, compa uh, when compared to current culture and what it has become. Yeah, and I mean, I believe um, having characters like Tom, regardless of how much I hate him and his <laughs> beliefs, um, I think was really beneficial 
beneficial to see that side of the story. Yes, he made me want to pull my hair out every time he spoke, um, but unfortunately the beliefs that Tom possessed about other races and religions were in fact the same beliefs most people had back then. Um, so, you know, as much as I hated him, he was very beneficial to the story. And I think Fitzgerald really did a great job in showing the stereotypes of the American dream and showing the struggles that can come to anyone regardless of class. Yeah, and what's really great is that he showed the struggles of each individual and how not only do people living in America, in America suffer the same struggles as everyone else, but also their struggles are uh, diverse from everyone else. And to go off of that point, I just I would really like to share one of my favorite quotes from the book, um, which is, one thing's sure and nothing sure. The rich get richer and the poor get children. Um, and it's basically describing some of the actual environment of people that the lower class were in. However, it just says the rich get richer and not that they get happier. And, you know, I think if money really was a keystone to being happy, that Fitzgerald would have included it in the quote. Um, but he doesn't because, as we all know, money cannot buy happiness. So I absolutely agree with you. And I'm Fitzgerald never said anything about the rich being happy. And, like, that's not the... To me, that's not the message I think he's trying to give in the story. In the story, Fitzgerald shows how money can uh, cannot bring people anywhere close to um, happiness, as we see Tom's cheating habits, Daisy's unhappiness and mistreatment, and Gatsby, who fe uh, feels incomplete without Daisy. Great. Um, well, it seems that we are reaching the end of today's podcast, but before we sign off, how about you and me answer a question our viewers are looking for? Do we think that the socioeconomics portion of The Great Gatsby affected its privilege of being the novel of America? And since you are a guest, Emma, you may go first. Thank you. So I don't think it's deserving to be named the American novel because it barely touches on the service of the complexity of being a U.S. citizen, and it really only looks at the privilege and the right. So I think focusing solely on these people does not give readers a clear and inclusive definition of what America really is. Um, yet we know, as we have discussed, that it is challenging to fit all the topics in America into uh, one book, since there are so many perspectives in different forms of discrimination and struggle. Um, with that being said, um, I can conclude that the Great Gatsby is an American novel, but it's not the American novel. I completely agree with you. You know, while Fitzgerald does a phenomenal job showing the world of the American dream while proving stereotypes wrong, you know, only 1% of Americans live with that amount of privilege, both in 1920 and today. And, you know, for a novel to tell the story of America, you need not only multiple perspectives, but also perspectives from completely different worlds. So as I said previously, I completely agree that The Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald is an American novel, but does not tell the story of who and what America really is. Exactly. Well, unfortunately, that is all for our show today. A very special thank you to Miss Emma Parsons for coming here today and being a part of our debut episode. Yes, thank you so much. I really enjoyed being on your podcast. We hoped you like our show today. If so, please give our producers a good grade since this podcast is in fact a final. Make sure you join us next week for Book Talk Episode 2, Ceremony by Leslie Marmon Silko. For Book Talk Podcast, I'm Amelia Gallo, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.